Welcome to The Fairy Ring, a podcast portal that alchemizes a love for storytelling, mythology, and folklore, with a curiosity for mysticism, spirituality, and the esoteric unknown. Enter The Fairy Ring with me, your host and spiritual friend, Michelle Watts, to explore magical portals that bind our reality with a life of fantasy. Your curiosity is a portal to your free will, and this podcast is a safe place to explore all things magical, nerdy, weird, creative, and bizarre. This episode is the third installment of a meditative narrative series, for lack of a better way to describe it. You do not need to listen to prior episodes to enjoy this one, but you may find it helpful if you would like to follow the narrative. You can find Angel and Red Neon in Orange Blossom Labyrinth available for free at www.entertheferryring.com. So far, the fairy ring has found us in a city full of red neon, where we entered an abandoned cathedral and stepped into a ring of mushrooms that portaled us to a labyrinth full of orange blossoms where we got lost trying to chase a raven we thought had all the answers, but ended up surrendering and came out to a vast desert landscape. Who knows where the fairy ring will lead us next? I guess we'll have to enter our curiosity to find out. I hope you enjoy the episode. If you have ever been to the desert at night, you know that it is a quiet unlike anything else in the world. The moon hangs low, feeling closer to the earth than you have ever seen it. Creating an illusion that if you walk long enough, you will be able to eventually touch the moon herself. Moonlight cast yellow upon the sand making it look like millions of gold flakes. The desert is cool, but the sand is still warm from the previous day's heat. You look for constellations in the sky, in this place where there is no light pollution. The night sky takes on a different life than it does in the city. Here you feel how ancient it all is how the sky holds our stories and turns them into myth. You find the Lion of Leo, the twins of Gemini, and notice how Scorpius is one of the brightest constellations in the sky. You stop walking in the sand when you think that the constellation is moving. You blink a few times when you realize that there actually is a figure of a scorpion moving across the sky. You know that the fairy ring can create illusions, but this is by far one of the strangest. The shape of the scorpion moves to walk on the moon, materializing eight legs, pincers, 
and a segmented tail with a shining stinger at the tip. It walks down the moon and eventually onto the sand below. The scorpion walks towards you and you freeze with a fusion of fear and fascination. It moves with a grace and speed that is godlike and it reminds you how powerless you really are. Even if you ran, said the scorpion, its voice sounding more serene than you might think, I could find you. You didn't really doubt that, so you just stayed silent and took in this creature from myth that walked from the stars to the moon to the sand to stand before you. How did you get here? asked the scorpion. It towers over you now, yellow pincers close to either side of your face, looking as if it is ready to fight some epic battle in a forgotten desert. You try not to show fear, only respect as you answer the fairy ring. I'm never really sure where it will take me next. The scorpion is silent for a long moment before speaking again. All ancient things come back to the same place eventually. Would you like me to show you? It does not wait for your answer before it turns to walk towards the moon again, and you follow, walking beside it. You stumble forward, and the scorpion slows down to match your pace. Who are you? You ask, but the scorpion ignores you. Together, you walk side by side, strange friends under stars and miles of sand and companionable silence. Until finally, the scorpion stops at a Sogoro cactus. You remember hearing that the tallest Sogoro cactus ever measured was over 78 feet in height, but like the scorpion, in this place of myth, this cactus exceeds any earthly expectations that you may have of it. You look up and up and up and do not see where it stops. It is almost like the cactus is trying to become a constellation itself and maybe in this strange place it can. Something wet hits your feet and then the right side of your shoulder. You wonder if you're about to experience a desert rain, but you look at the scorpion to see that it is silently weeping, and where its tears fall on the sand, life begins. Vibrant greenery springs up under your feet. The saguaro cactus blooms with white and yellow flowers. You watch as the scorpion transforms the dry desert into an oasis 
of palm trees and fertile soil, and a dark pool of water of the scorpion's tears. He walked towards the pool of water, seeing the moon reflected back, but cannot see yourself. You look back to the scorpion, but it is gone. In its stead is a woman in a sheath dress, dark hair and eyes the color of the water and shining like the moon, a solar disk crowned on her head. You know who this is, the goddess Isis, a goddess of magic and healing of wisdom so profound in the ancient world that her worship was not just contained to Egypt, but also the Greco-Roman Empire to Afghanistan and England. She smiles at you before wading into the water and disappearing under it. You take one last look at the oasis, the moon, and the stars the empty place in the sky where Scorpius once was, and then you follow the goddess into the water, and as you disappear into the blackness, you hear the goddess's voice in your mind, but it is in a language that you cannot understand. But you know, deep in your soul, it is magic. I love the goddess Isis. She is so complex and her complexity is one of the reasons why she stands out so much in the Egyptian pantheon. She represents very articulated Virgo energies. So she is really connected to self-discipline, medicine, finding our deeper purpose. She is a primordial mother goddess. Her love is very dedicated, but tough. Working with her can really help you find the courage to go after your dreams, rely on your own internal authority, and take responsibilities for your own choices. She is a fertility goddess, but she is so much more than that. She's involved with magic, death, rebirth, healing. The myths that feature Isis show that she's capable of a, of a lot of compassion, but she can be really ruthless when she needs to be and really use her wit she is the wife of Osiris and the mother of Horus. Interesting uh, depictions of Isis nursing Horus, her son, is suspected to be the inspiration that early Christian artists used to create the images of Virgin Mary with Jesus. But she's a really powerful magician. She, she raised her husband from the dead. She tricked Ra into giving her his real name, which holds a lot of power, and she shapeshifts 
uh, birds and cows are really sacred to her, but I particularly love her relationship with the scorpion. If you have time, you should look up uh, Isis and the Seven Scorpions. That is my favorite myth that she is featured in, but going back to Isis, raising her husband from the dead, her tears after his death correlates with the annual flooding of the Nile, which nourishes and feeds the people of Egypt. So even in a time of great pain for her, Isis still shows that she's capable of incredible healing and she's a life giver. I hope to eventually have an episode, maybe having a guest on or something to go more in depth about this goddess or maybe Egyptian mythology in general because it is it is a really fascinating topic. But uh, anyways, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Fairy Ring. If you liked it, please uh, rate my podcast. It really helps me out and I will see you soon. Take good care.